From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. For over 10 years, Grammarly has been powered by AI technology that you trust and rely on by helping you across all the places where you write the most. With one click, you can easily brainstorm, rewrite, and reply quickly with suggestions based on your context and goals. Accelerate productivity for you and your teams. More than 30 million people rely on Grammarly to help them with their writing today. Applying to new jobs? With Grammarly by your side, you can apply to your dream job with confidence by tailoring your cover letter and revising your resume in seconds. A big presentation coming up? Let Grammarly create a personalized outline to get you organized so you can transform your ideas into a compelling presentation. For your next vacation, it can help you create a whole itinerary. Grammarly is here to assist you at every step of your writing so you can show up with confidence. You'll be amazed at what you can do. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download for free. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Welcome to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and equipped through this podcast as we have conversations with friends from around the world. You can subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own adventures in the Spirit. And now we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining into Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. I'm so excited for, for what the wonderful Holy Spirit is doing through this podcast around the world. We've seen 722 people give their lives to Jesus for the first time through our Skype outreaches in Pakistan. That is exciting. And I've also developed my Last Days e-course. It's called The Last Days of Reformation and Eschatology. It's available for you on charismacourses.com. But guys, I'm excited for today's interview. I've got Angela Donadio with me. She's a Bible teacher, author, international speaker. She's a recording artist and an advocate for rural women in America. We're going to be talking about that today. She's a survivor of two near-death experiences, and she encourages others to make life matter. As a woman's pastor and an ordained minister, she serves alongside her husband, Dale, lead pastor of a thriving church. She's an adventure junkie, mom to two young adults, and resources women with relevant biblical content, including her weekly podcast and blogs at www.angeladonadio.com. Angela, welcome to Adventures in the Spirit. Thank you so much, Jared. I'm honored to be here. Well, the honor's all mine. I'm excited for what God is doing through your ministry, through your podcast, through everything that you've got going. Angela, we'd love to hear people's stories. So I'd like to know how you were saved and then filled with a wonderful Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Well, I was raised as a pastor's kid, a PK. My parents were Assemblies of God ministers, and we moved around a few times. And so early on, I was the oldest of three, three girls. So early on, I was immediately, you know, just acquainted with the Word of God and Jesus as as our savior, the Holy Spirit and who he is. And, you know, my parents, I don't remember it a lot. I have a small recollection of it, but Jared, my parents said at the age of five years of age, I knelt at an altar at our church there 
and gave my heart to the Lord and then even gave a message in tongues that was interpreted by someone in the congregation. So early in my life, I dedicated my life to the Lord and I went through twists and turns as we all do in our walk with faith and things really shifted for me when I uh, nearly lost my life in 2001 and then again in 2003. I had uh, health complications that nearly took my life, both of those instances. And that really transformed my relationship to be more of a performance-based, I love God, but I'm kind of just doing for God, hoping he'll love me back. I had a bit of a skewed perspective on what a relationship with God really was. And then that period of, of my health kind of falling apart and what God did through that season in my life completely radically transform our relationship with him into the relationship I have now. So I kind of call myself the Angela before 2001 and the Angela after 2001 and 2003. And I'm just passionately in love with Jesus, passionately in love with his word. And I want to help especially women ground their worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Amen. Amen. So I've actually never interviewed anybody for this podcast who's had a near-death experience. Would you mind telling us a little bit about that? Like what happened? What did God do in you? Because you're on fire for Jesus. And I know that those things can change and transform us. But what, what did God do through it? He really can, Jared. And you know, God is no respecter of person. So anyone who's listening, I'll share a couple of key things that God did and said to me that changed my life. But really, if we would all posture ourselves in a position of obedience and humility to say, God, what do you want to do in and through me? Two questions that I have learned to frame every situation with now, Jared, is what do I need to learn from this and how can God use it for his glory? So if we'll take that frame. We can put on anything, whether it's financial, relational, all the struggles we've had in 2020. But for me, in 2001, my health began to fall apart. Like I said, I, I was framing my relationship with the Lord through the lens of perfectionism and feeling like that he would love me more if I did more for him. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but uh, my health fell apart. I needed a hysterectomy for endometriosis and something went wrong. To this day, we don't know what it was, but a week later, I was admitted to the hospital and um, over the course of about 12 hours, I nearly hemorrhaged to death. And while I was fully awake, I lost over half my blood supply. I remember looking at the clock, you know, in those hospital rooms, those just sterile clocks in the sterile room. And it had been like a mash unit all night. Nurses in and out of my, my, my room and the doctor did not come back. My doctor wasn't on call. The doctor didn't come back. And I remember looking at the clock about 3.30 thinking, you know, my doctor's not going to be on until six and I'm not going to make it. And that was really a defining moment for me. And it was the beginning of God peeling off layers that were, that, that were keeping me from his best in my life. And when I was processing that event later, I said to the Lord, I don't ever want to feel that desperate again. And Jared, I heard the audible voice of God. I've only heard it a few times in my life. That was one of the times. And he said, Angela, that's the way I always want you to feel that dependent on me, that desperate for me. And so that began to change and shift the way that I, instead of just depending on my own strengths, my abilities, my talents, I'm, you know, majored in music, I skipped a grade, I could think my way through something, I could intellectualize it, I could have enough talent to get through it. And God was saying, you know, all those things are great, but I don't want you to tether your identity to anything other than me. 
And that shifted things for me radically. And I thought I had learned what I need to learn. You know, I go through something, you're like, okay, let's move on, you know, but just like the Israelites, sometimes we go around the mountain again. And in 2003, I found myself back in that same hospital after a couple of months of struggling to eat. And I would go to eat and, and it, would, it was very painful for me. I went from doctor to doctor. They didn't know what it was. And uh, long, long story short, I was admitted back into that same hospital. I spent 11 days there with nothing to eat or drink, just sun intravenous um, IV liquids and uh, fluids while they were trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And finally, they ordered an extensive MRI, which is one of those barium tests where you draw, you know, you swallow the barium and, and it's supposed to be about a 45 minute test. So my parents had flown in, my husband was there and, uh, you know, I was just wheeled down and was laying there on this cold metal hospital table. And that 45 minute test turned into seven hours. And it was just hour after hour of them, you know, rolling me over and sitting me up on all fours and standing up and turning me over. And I just felt like a, a rag doll. And um, that the barium was stuck. It had gotten to a point in my body and it wouldn't move. And so they knew it was some kind of an obstruction. And and I was so low, Jerry. That was one of the darkest moments of my life. And there again, in that moment, I heard God's audible voice. And I had been a worship leader for probably 15 years at that point. And God clearly said, Angela, I know that you can worship me on the platform. I want to know if you can worship me here. And that was a tough yes to give him. That was a tough moment of obedience. But I believe that moment of obedience ushered in my miracle because I simply laid there and just sang a chorus of here I am to worship, here I am to bow down. And the next day, a doctor read my films. He happened to be studying for his boards. I, know, I don't believe in coincidences in God. And he looked at my films and he looked at pictures in his book. He'd never had a patient with it. They consulted John Hopkins and they made the diagnosis. I had a rare life-threatening disorder called superior mesenteric artery syndrome. And once they operated, they moved that artery and they moved intestines out of the way that were compressing that artery. Um, I spent another couple of weeks in the hospital and I, I had a rough road of recovery, but that procedure, that major surgery saved my life. And so two different instances where I was really in dire straits, God spoke to me in those places and very much a burning bush moment. And he changed the trajectory of my life from that moment forward. And so, yeah, so whatever we go through, it's not what we go through, it's what, what lens are we gonna look at that situation through after that? Are we gonna become bitter and angry at God? Or are we gonna listen to what he's trying to say and are we gonna choose obedience? Oh, that is so good. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, I was 17 years old I wasn't serving Jesus, but I ended up in the hospital for five days from a, from a burst appendix. But that was the first place I felt the hand of God on my head and the power of God surged through me. And that within six, seven months, I was sold out for Jesus. I was oh, wow. for him. Uh, but that's another story, another time. But I would love to hear how God called you into ministry and then specifically your micro enterprise work in Africa. Sure, absolutely. You know, ironically, Jared, I moved around so much growing up that I actually said to the Lord, I don't ever want to be a pastor's wife. So I had dreams and aspirations of being in Nashville and being a songwriter. I write music. I have three albums. Before I started writing 
books. Uh, I, I was a songwriter, but God had other plans. Be careful what you tell God you'll never do. And that was just because I, I was putting my own human, you know, experiences and the ministry is wonderful. It has, you know, blessings. It also has challenges, just like any field would have. So my husband was majoring in pre-law. He had grown up as a missionary's kid in Alaska, believe it or not, to his dad ministered to Eskimo and Indian villages. And so he was kind of trying to pursue a path other than ministry. And I was pursuing a path other than ministry, but God was really working on both of our hearts, drawing us not only toward each other, but to ministry. And so after his undergrad degree in pre-law, I went back and got a master's in divinity. And uh, I graduated with a degree in music education. And then we moved out here to Virginia and God just has, has used us ever since. We've been in ministry for 28 years in a commuter city for Washington, D.C., of people of all ethnic backgrounds and walks of life, diverse, multicultural, thriving church that God has blessed us to be able to pass. We've weathered ups and downs, and, and yet we've loved it. And so, um, you know, I believe a calling takes a lot of forms, and so I was called to lead worship you know we're called to love god and love people that's our big call but within that we have unique anointings and so i i served as the worship pastor for many years under our former pastor and then under my husband and then i could sense god shifting my heart and my direction as i was writing more and speaking more so now i'm an associate on staff at the church as well as a writer and you know speaking and sharing you know what god is doing and what he wants to do in in people's lives you know like i said through obedience and through the word of god amen and then how did god lead you in the into the micro enterprise in africa because my wife just got her mba from regent university and we've always been looking at micro enterprise and how that changes and transforms entire communities it really does it absolutely does and I had felt a burden for Africa, again, use that word calling. And it was just a strong impression for people who aren't quite sure what that feels like. But it's just, it's a, it's a sense of where God has his pulse and his finger on your life and your heart. And sometimes I think we can overanalyze calling or we get, get intimidated by it. But, you know, he uses our passions, he, our passions, our strengths, the way that we're wired. And so things that break our heart, things that motivate us, things that get our heart racing, may be what God wants us to do for the kingdom of God and how to specifically use us and the anointing he's called us to. So I was invited to Africa some years ago just to minister to kids camp. I, I had never been and I served wherever God told me to go. And then while I was there, God opened up an opportunity for me to speak at a women's conference. And that kind of led one thing to another. And in one of the women's conferences I was at, Jared, I had, I kind of liken calling and even my experiences in Africa as kind of a wide funnel. Sometimes we don't know where to start. And so we can procrastinate or uh, become intimidated by what God might want us to do and just do nothing. And so I stepped out, feeling this call, feeling this burden, and then uh, eventually went to a women's conference, was as a speaker. At that conference, the national women's director addressed a group of pastors wives that were sitting off to the side and she talked about a ministry book for teenage girls that she wanted them to have and they all got excited about it and she was holding up the book and then she she said how much they would be to purchase and it was 
less than $5 US money per book. And, and Jared, I saw their countenance fall. I saw that these pastors' wives desperately wanted the resources and tools to reach their communities and their villages and rural areas, but they didn't have, they didn't have the means to do it. And so we met with her and that moment uh, created a space for what I have come to call Voice of the Voiceless, which is my advocacy, part of my ministry. And so I've been to Africa now almost 20 times and narrowed that wide funnel to pastor's wives. So for me, the microenterprise programs start with $100 or $200 to women that the Assemblies of God, they're on the ground. They help to designate what women are the most in need. Uh, we train them. We give them tools and you know, if they need skill training or training in how to even manage the money. And then they start the business that they feel God has laid on their heart. And then it's a revolving fund. So as they return that, there's a small amount of interest. They get another loan. So there have just been hundreds and hundreds of pastors wives blessed because of that. I always sow part of my ministry revenue back. And like you said, to see the change, I remember visiting a village pastor and he was so honored to have us and he had swept his dirt church floor clean and cleaned off his area, but he had holes in his button down shirt. And, you know, I'm holding back tears seeing that this man who has dignity and has value was limited by physical resources. And, you know, a lot of times they're expected, pastors are expected to feed the entire village, not just their own families. And so to return to that among many areas, Jared, and see him in a brand new shirt and see women with renewed dignity and purpose, uh, there's nothing greater than that. So that's been a branch. And then I had the just overwhelming privilege before Reinhard Bonnke passed away in his homecoming. Uh, God fulfilled a longtime dream of mine. And I was able to go to a Christ for All Nations crusade in Liberia with evangelist Reinhard Bonnke and evangelist Daniel Kalenda, sang at one of the morning crusades and was a part of signs and wonders and miracles beyond what you could even hardly ever get your head around. Amen. So I've had such a, I've had such a full, rich life. If you would have told me lying in that hospital room, I would climb Mount Kilimanjaro, or I would be there with Reinhard Bonnke, or I would be in these village, villages with women and hearing their stories, or across the country talking to women and helping to see them ground their work in Christ. I would have had trouble believing you. But see, when we choose a life of obedience, and it's an adventure. You know, I know this is Adventures in the Spirit, and I'm an adventure junkie. But first and foremost, it's the life with God is one grand adventure. It should never be boring. It should be right. rich with experience because we're listening to what the cues of the Holy Spirit are to tell us what our next steps are. That's so good. Thank you so much for sharing. I'm excited for what God is doing through you, through that, that ministry mm -hmm. and the micro enterprise. It's going to be continue. It's going to expand more and more. So I, I bless you in that ministry. Angela, you recently released a book called Astounded. So how did you, or how do you encounter God in everyday moments? And then how did God lead you to capture them for your book? Hmm. That's a great question. You know, I've journaled most of my life, Jared. There was a period of time where I journaled almost every day. And I began to kind of not just encounter God or experience him, but I began to chronicle those to make mental notes and then to actually put pen to paper. So Astounded is a collection of 
52 personal stories from me throughout the years. There are adventures in Africa, there's trips to Israel, there are family vacations and moments in ministry or as a musician or as a mom. And it's, it's those moments that tug at our sleeve to take notice. That's often the way the Holy Spirit is trying to get our attention. But we are so frequently distracted or busy or we don't train ourselves to hear the voice of God that we just miss it. So, you know, we can train our ear to turn every space into sacred ground. It can be a doctor's office. It can be a family vacation. It doesn't have to just be a church. And right now there are people that can't even go to church, but God is not limited by walls. He's not limited by anything. So I don't want this book astounded to just be, Oh, look at these great fun. There's a lot of humor. It's filled with heartfelt stories and humor and hope and they're short devotions. I have written two Bible studies for women prior, but these are quick devotions are great for women who maybe are also learning to how to grow in their faith and they're not sure how to look for God. And is that God really speaking to me? And how do I know that to be true? But it's not just the moment. It's how then to apply the word of God to our everyday lives and to interpret our situations through the lens of scripture and not just our own filter. So it's, it's showing you, showing the reader how to keep their eyes peeled for the miracle, even in life's mundane or life's messy moments. And once you learn that, boy, every day can become exciting because you're looking for how God's going to speak to you and how he's going to use you. That is so good. So good. So can you share some stories that you have in the book? Some some of those that you captured? Absolutely. There's one called Dodging Distraction. And I talk there about kind of a self-deprecating moment where I was going to a, a conference at our church. And just in my haste that morning, I ran in and probably had too many things on my mind. And when I came out at the end of the day with my husband at about four in the afternoon and Jared, we walked out the back of the church door and my husband heard something and he got close to my car and he put his, his ear toward the car hood and I had left the car running the entire day while we were in this, it's like seven hours. And I thought to myself, how in the world did I do that? But it forced me to realize that I was living a dangerously distracted life mm-hmm. and we we can just be running from things to things. And uh, I would say before 2020, we were living very overscheduled lives. But I think in now in this year, we're living overtaxed, but it's internal anxiety. It's the uncertainty that we're facing and people need a reprieve. So astounded is that reprieve. Step away from all of that for a moment. Take a deep breath. What is God trying to say? Look at your situation, even find some humor in it. And God led me in that story to this, the story in the Gospels about Jesus visiting the two sisters, Mary and Martha. And, you know, Martha's running around trying to make all these preparations for Jesus. And I would be pretty, you know, preoccupied, too, if Jesus was coming over for dinner with his disciples. But he, he, he basically, depending on what translation you use, said, Martha, you're so distracted by all of these things and you're missing the main thing, which is just time in my presence. That's the way we're going to learn how to hear the voice of God is the word of God and his presence. That's what trains us. So if if we let other things eclipse that, 
I also have very poignant moments. Like I was in a really bad car accident in February of this year. Mm. A driver turned in front of me when I was almost going through the green light at almost 50 miles an hour. And I had a bad concussion. I've had headaches a lot of the year. I had two surgeries on my hand and both hands were in cast. And so, you know, in one of my dark moments during all of that, I had to have another MRI and I'm no stranger to these hospital rooms. And I'm, I'm laying there on this bed again, this hospital bed, and I'm looking up at this giant MRI machine that's making all these bangs and whirls and my head is throbbing from the concussion and my hand is aching and they, what I wasn't braced for Jared is they took my hand and they flattened it into a clamp so that they could get the best picture. And it was, it was ridiculously painful. And I was just so frustrated because we, we know that God is sovereign, right? So we know that nothing happens to us that is not filtered through his hands first. So if God can be present with us, my mind began to think, then God, why couldn't you have that driver change? You know, he, she, why couldn't she turn 10 seconds later? Why couldn't I leave my house 10 seconds later? And if we don't, if we're not careful in those moments, then we can just go down a path that's gonna lead our mind into the wrong mindset. And so I surrendered, I surrendered my sideways emotions at that moment under that MRI machine with a throbbing head and a painful hand. And, and I looked up at this arch and I felt like God reminded me, Jared, of Psalm 91 that says, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high will abide under the shelter or the shadow of the almighty. And I will say to the Lord, he's my refuge and he's my God. And he is who I will trust in. So even in that moment, I could have been angry and bitter and frustrated and, and, and not trusting the character of God. Or I could say, God, even here, I'm going to look for you and I'm going to choose to take shelter under you. So that is the last devotion in the whole book is take shelter. And what do we do? Even in those moments we don't understand, we can choose to put those moments under the power and the character of God and to trust him even in all circumstances. Amen. That is so good. And you know, I was meditating to Psalm 91 just a few hours ago during oh, my, wow. my time before leading a Bible study. But Angela, we're all about not just information, but also revelation, impartation, and activation. So what is something that God has led on your heart for people listening into this to be astounded or to be activated? What is something that God laid on your heart to do for them? You know, I was, as I was really praying about even this interview today, Jared, I felt like the Lord reminded me of all the times that he has used me in the prophetic while I was leading worship. And I just want to encourage people. They don't have to be worship leaders, but you need to be a worshiper. And even in all the stories that I mentioned today, there is a common element. You know, if you look at even the very first altar that was built in the Bible, all the way through, places of worship are places of sacrifice. They're places of an altar. There's a place of some kind of sacrifice. You cannot separate worship from sacrifice. Right. And when you choose, as the New Testament says, now we are the sacrifice, right? We are, we don't go into a temple anymore and, and bring doves and goats. And, you know, we don't have to do that because the veil was torn and Hebrews says he once and for all became our sacrifice, but we are now the temple of the Holy spirit. We are the tabernacle. We are the dwelling place. So we are created to worship. 
And we will worship something. Let me just say that. We will worship something. It's just a matter of what we're going to worship. So for me, I have, I have really sensed the power and the presence of God when I am worshiping. And I even noticed this year, there were times I didn't feel like worshiping. My head was hurting with a concussion. And when I began to be able to get back into places of worship, I could, again, sense that flow of the Holy Spirit. So, you know, we, we want to worship God in spirit and in truth. So those two things work in tandem. So we can't just have the, the Holy Spirit and what he's speaking to us experientially without the word, but we also don't want to just intellectualize what God is saying without the spirit. So practice the presence of God. I would say that to your listeners, practice the presence of God. And that means getting it out of your mouth, activating your faith, encouraging yourself in the Lord, worshiping. It doesn't matter if you can sing or not, just get in a posture of worship and he will show up. He will speak to you. And I can tell you countless prophetic times he has spoken through my life. Yes, he's use me to see things through impressions or to prophetically speak or to give words of encouragement or exhortation or correction even to people. But the birthplace of that is, is this, I'm sacrificing myself, God, to you, to what you want to do. I'm consecrating myself to you. And I'm going to spend time in your presence until I reflect the glory of the Lord and that's what people are going to see. They're not going to see me. That's my prayer anyway. Oh, amen. Amen. Would you mind praying that over us? Oh, 100%. Thank you. God, I just thank you for every person. I just thank you right now for Jared's wife, God, who has a heart and a passion for Michael Enterprise. And I pray for every listener, Lord, who's wondering maybe, God, how do you want to use me? Maybe we feel stuck in this difficult, challenging year. Maybe we just can't find traction or Whatever the challenge might be, for me, God, you've spoken to me through my health crisis. For other people, you want to speak right where they are, in the middle of a financial burden, in the middle of relational conflict. God, you, you are not limited by a hospital room or a car accident or a COVID pandemic. God, there are no limitations on you. And I thank you, God, that you want to speak right now mightily into the hearts and lives of every person who's listening God, I pray that we would learn how to practice the presence of God, that we would choose a perspective, God, that says, what are you trying to say to me? God, help me to hear you. Tune my ear like you did Samuel to hear. And he said, God, is that you speaking? And if it is, I want to hear you. And God, God we don't want to just hear you. We want to choose obedience. There's no point in us hearing from you if we don't obey what you tell us to do. So God, I pray for a spirit of obedience, Lord, that we would stop resisting you that we would stop doubting you, but God, that we would, we would grab a hold of what it is you're trying to say. You're anointing on us in this season, Lord, that we would be bold, that we would ground ourselves in the word of God. I pray for renewed passion for the word of God so that we could speak it boldly, that we wouldn't have to be ashamed, but God, your word says that we could rightly divide it and we would be able to give an answer in season, out of season, anytime someone would ask us why we need to defend our faith. God, I pray for Jared and for this podcast. I pray for God how you want to use him in greater ways. Lord, every day can be an adventure in the spirit if we would just choose a posture availability and, and, and give ourselves to you fully, God, for you to use us. No limitations. We ask for every limitation to be taken off in the name of Jesus so that we could be 
mightily used beyond anything that we could ask or imagine because you are the one doing it. You are the one working in and through us by your spirit. And so we thank you for that in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Angela, what is the best way for people to get more information about you and also to purchase your book, Astounded? Absolutely. I would love to connect with them so they can go to my website, AngelaDonadio.com. I have an Italian husband, so I'll spell it out for you. D-O-N-A-D-I-O. I can give you a personalized autographed copy of any of my resources there. I have two Bible studies, Finding Joy When Life is Out of Focus, and Fearless, Ordinary Women of the Bible Who Dare to Do Extraordinary Things, and then my latest devotional, Astounded, Encountering God in Everyday Moments. My music is there. I have a worship album that's all instrumental. It's great for just soaking times. Like we said, practicing the present. I just sat down and played what the Spirit gave me. No music, just spirit arrangements of hymns that we know and love and in, in a soaking style to where God may want to just download something into your heart as you listen. You can also find those on YouTube. So yeah, visit my website. My books are available anywhere you can find a book, but I'd love to send you a personal copy. Awesome. Thank you guys. I want to recommend you go to AngelaDonadio.com and also subscribe to her podcast. Uh, you're on the Charisma Podcast Network as well. Make life I am the Make Life Matter podcast where we discover miracles and life's messy moments, great interviews, great conversations with thought leaders and, and people who've experienced God in, in extraordinary ways and they share those encounters. Awesome. I'm excited. So Angela, thank you so much for being part of Adventures in the Spirit. If anybody out there does not have a relationship with Jesus, right where you are, confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Start talking to him. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Commit wholeheartedly. Be fully devoted to him. And may his wonderful Holy Spirit fill you up in Jesus' name. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky, available on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the Charisma Podcast Network. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation and adventures in the spirit. We hope that this podcast encouraged and inspired you to press into Jesus and launches you into your own adventure. You can stay up to date with Fireborn Ministries by going to our website, firebornministries.com and like us on Facebook. And may you have your own adventures in the spirit. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts.